All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I want to read just a few things um, for you. <clears throat> um, uh, the catechism just does such a good job, I think, of um, yeah, using words uh, to, to describe a lot of the, just the truths that we get from the scriptures. Um, so, uh, yeah, just we'll read a couple, a couple of different things here. Um, from the first moment of his creation, man is in search of God. Even after sin, he retains his desire for God, although he often seeks fulfillment of that desire apart from God. Every religion bears witness to man's search for God. That search is prayer. And the purpose of prayer is to transform the restlessness and anxiety of desire into the peace and confidence of hope. Peace and confidence of hope. <clears throat> so it could be said that, um, you know, all of humanity prays in some way, um, but but Christian prayer, the type of prayer we're talking about, it's very distinct. Um, uh, even um, I remember um, when I was younger reading like having to read like Shakespeare in high school or something, which I just kind of skimmed. But you, you hear language like. Uh, Lord, uh, like I pray that this thing just kind of in common, common terms, right? Um, this, uh, this use of the word pray, um, you know, outside of the Christian life, um, it really does have a lot to do with searching and desire, uh, and and oftentimes, oftentimes there's um, there's an, an anxiety associated with with that desire, or or you could think of it as like a worldly sense of hope. Um, um, like, um, like the Huskers, um, it's just, you know, you know, you, you guys know, right? Like the purpose of prayer is to transform the restlessness and anxiety of the desire of the Huskers to win into the peace and confidence of hope, right? The, a relatable thing, right? But, um, that's, that's Christian prayer. It's, um, can we take um, can we take these things that are really in life and a part of our experience uh, and um, can they have some sort of transformation? Um, and again, that's where the power kind of comes from. The power doesn't come from our abilities to pray, um, how long we pray necessarily, how, you know, what types of prayer. <clears throat> Those are all important, you know, like the external parts of them. They'll have influence. Um, but at the core of it, at the, the transformative part of the prayer, um, when it's powerful, like it has a real effect. It has a real effect. Um, so prayer, right, it's a transformative experience. Um, and, you know, I was talking about this before the break, um, talking about um, just physical realities that happen um, through like habits, movement, those types of things. Um, I think like... Um, it's it's funny there's a lot of different you know physical experiences of life that you know, they have like a spiritual you know counterpoint um even even things like um uh, let's take like healing like healing for example physical healing um i like to i, I teach a couple different things um and i i'll teach students about um 
if anyone raises their hand to this, I'll be really surprised. But does anyone know what the word mechanotransduction means? I thought someone was about to raise their hand. Yeah, so it's a really fancy word um, in um, in my field, which basically is this. Um, it's what your body does to to like a mechanical stimulus. Uh, so um, it's it's a kind of like what the whole profession of PT is based on. Um, this innate ability of the human body to take a, a load, you know, a, an impact, um, and to transform it into like a chemi a chemical stimulus, um, and that, uh, in short, like is why movement and like therapy in some ways um, creates healing in the body. Um, and you ask yourself, like, why? Like, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, <clears throat> why is it that um, you know, moving a certain way um, for a, for a certain person with a certain ailment, uh, it it produces healing, right? Like a really cool um, side note I picked up and professionally is people that I've worked with um, who have a lot of times like chronic shoulder pains, some chronic mid back stuff, um, especially like parents with kids, young kids. They hold your kids. You're at a desk, like things that are like that. Um, and things that are a lot of times associated with um, yeah, just like being in like the owl, like, you know, broken wing position. Um, oftentimes, speaking really generally, right, but oftentimes the, the end solution is actually to just put them in like the cruciform position um, in varying ways. And being like physically in the position of Christ uh, produces actual healing. Um, crazy. So cool. And it's again not not to say you know if you hurt in this area just go lay like this you get better, um, <clears throat> but that kind of opening up um, produces like actual like physical healing in the body. It's incredible, um, and, and there's all sorts of different examples physically, uh, but similar this like transformative experience spiritually, even emotionally, psychologically. You know, what happens when we pray? What's the power that comes from the prayer? Um, you know, again, not dissimilar to like the healing that will take place in a body to be able to, to go back upstairs or, you know, to kick a soccer ball or to do whatever. Um, spiritually, like there can be a lot of incredible healing interiorly that will allow you to do things like <clears throat> um, experience real virtue, like a real virtue of patience. And not just like I'm just waiting for a long time and calling it patience. Look at that. I'm actually patient uh, or um, like real virtues of courtesy, you know, or gratitude uh, or, um, you know, like cardinal virtues, you know, of like responsibility and, you know, all these different things that are they're, they're like lived expressions that are transformations of the human person and all the things that like we want, like we like. Like nobody grows up, you know, thinking um, when I grow up, you know, like I want to be like, I want to really be mean to people or I want like um, I want my kids to be really mad at me, you know, or, you know, we 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 all like desire what's good. Um, and we know that uh, and we all desire what's true and what's beautiful uh, and God's written it into our bodies. And so oftentimes. The, the dynamis that comes from prayer 
Uh, it it is this again this this um, explosive and, and maybe a way, but this um, expansive transformation where um, yeah, like the the hard places of our hearts they can they can be removed right so like like god will say right i i um, want to replace your hard hearts with hearts of hearts of flesh um and and that oftentimes is going to be rooted uh it's going to be rooted in desire it's going to be rooted in desire and us being not afraid to um to acknowledge like what we really want and then also being able to say yeah, I'm going to entrust that. I'm going to entrust that to to God. Like that's that's where right that that um that restlessness uh, that I was reading about of anxiety and desire into peace and confidence of like an actual hope, like like theological virtue of hope. So this is this is the catechism again. One of the very first paragraphs in the whole catechism is 27. Um, <clears throat> And it goes like this. Uh, the desire for God is written in the human heart because man is created by God and for God. And God never ceases to draw man to himself. Only in God will he find the truth and happiness he never stops searching for. The dignity of man rests above all on the fact that he is called to communion with God. And uh, Pope John Paul II, one of my favorite saints, love him so much. We named our first child after him. Uh, he says this. He says, in the heart's creative restlessness beats and pulsates what is most deeply human. And in the first words of Jesus in the Gospel of John. He says, what do you seek? What do you seek? That's a scary question. That's a scary question. <laughs> Because um, we don't want to be let down. We don't want to be let down. And it's really tempting, really tempting to uh, uh, to sort of just push away like what we really want because we think it won't happen or because we're jaded, you know, from things that have happened in the past. And what Christ is telling us, um, he's he's asking, like, what do you really want? Because he can he can do it. Um, and in in that space <clears throat> is is a great power. It's the power of again, like actual transformation. Um, the word desire, um, kind of cool where it comes from, right? It's um, right. It's like desire, right? It's like a yearning to experience something that fills a void, really, right? But um, <clears throat> it comes the Latin word. Um, I don't want to pronounce. Maybe I will. I'll just try. Desiderare, something like that. But more important, what how I pronounce it is really what it means, which is to long for, to hope for, to wish for, to expect. And um, and if you even break that down, um, the word almost it almost seems like it came from um, these two words that were desiderare, uh, which means to like look to the stars, look to the stars. Uh, and this sort of this action, right, of kind of um, um, in some ways getting out of like ourselves, right, and realizing like how grand like all of creation is and how just how beautiful it is and how small we are sometimes. And yet 
um, <clears throat> um, just all the all the grandeur and beauty that life entails. Um, that's just like a wonderful a wonderful place to be in prayer. Um, to to almost stir up right this yeah this power that comes like through praying. Um, and like I was saying, um, that that type of Christian prayer is going to allow a transformation into actual hope. And this is what the catechism has to say about hope. The virtue of hope responds to the aspiration to happiness, which God has placed in the heart of every man. It opens up his heart in the expectation of eternal beatitude, just meaning supreme bliss and happiness. And just like that first part, I will I will key on, and then I want to share some examples of of kind of how I've experienced it and how others have experienced it. The virtue of hope responds to the aspiration to happiness, which God has placed in the heart of every man, every person. So um, God will always like He will always come through, and hope doesn't disappoint. It doesn't disappoint. Um, it responds to this aspiration of really being happy. Of, of of knowing that um, like like the fulfillment, like there will be fulfillment in the longing. Um, so what are some ways like what are some actual examples of that? Uh, let me tell you some stories about the power of prayer. Um, when I before I was Catholic, I'm a convert. Um, I have been Catholic for 10 years um, before I was Catholic. I um, <clears throat> I still do, but I used to really love to play basketball and I still do. I just don't play as much. Um, and uh, I was in athletic training, in an athletic training program in Nebraska, and I hurt my foot really, really bad um, in 2011. And I, um, I, yeah, I needed help. And so I asked the athletic training staff that I was a student under and they basically said, well, you're a student, F figure it out yourself. Um, so they made me do like homework to try and fix my ankle. And I got an x-ray and like try to like do this like rehab plan at the time. Um, and it was kind of working, but I was on crutches and I couldn't really bear weight through my foot. I could kind of, you know, like do like the toe tap thing with two crutches. Um, <clears throat> and I was nervous because at the time I had just, I had recently met someone <clears throat> that I really, I had um, like I had a crush on um, my wife. She wasn't my wife at the time, but it was her birthday uh, and I wanted to be able genuinely to like be there um, just out like kind of getting to know her for what kind of one of the first times like in a what felt like a really special, special way. Um, <clears throat> and at the time, I also had a friend who said, hey, you should come to this healing service. Uh, it's over at like this place, um, you know, not too far from campus. And you should just ask God to, you know, just ask him to like help you. And I was really, <clears throat> I don't know, like, I don't know about that thing, but um, I really wanted to entrust like what uh, the problem that I had um, uh, to God. And so what I did is I went, uh, I went to this uh, praise and worship service um, and I went by myself uh, with crutches from my dorm room. Uh, and I, well, I don't know, on my crutches, it took me like, you know, 10 minutes to walk there or something. And I sat down and I prayed and um, I probably for one of the first times in my life, I actually just gave this to God. And um, and um, I was there for maybe like 45 minutes, um, just asking God to heal me and to heal my ankle. <clears throat> and uh, and I felt like I felt like that happened, like I felt better. I was really nervous. 
And um, what happened was I walked home and I just carried my crutches home. And I put them in my dorm room and then I went out with Laura, my, my wife then, and a bunch of friends. And I never told anyone that I was hurt. And um, I like <clears throat> forgot about that after I was Catholic. Uh, and then I realized, wow, um, yeah, like that was a legitimate, like small little physical healing that God gave me, right? Um, and if you're if you're the type of person who's like, well, you know, who's like suspicious, like, well, you could have just like gotten better, like, you know, in 45 minutes, you know, like, fine, fine. But God still used that moment, even through like a like some maybe normal physiological healing to heal me like that. Um, and it was a moment that created a new trust in my heart, an actual transformation in my heart to know that I can bring God something um, and he's going to he's going to talk back like he's going to help me. Um, and then it happened again in 2018. I got hurt in my hip and um, we were learning at the time sort of just the importance of being able to just pray um, out loud for the things that you, you really want um, or the things that are actually wrong with you, like my hip hurts or other things that are not even physical. Um, and um, and had a really profound moment with my my wife um, where um, she prayed for me. Um, and um, it sounds silly, right? Uh, but I felt warmth and tingling in my hip. Uh, and then from that moment, even till today, um, know i i couldn't like lift my hip and i was a pt at the time like you gotta figure this out man like you're a pt uh, but it hurt um, and from that that particular moment of entrustment and prayer um god gave me just the grace of healing in that moment uh well i haven't had pain since uh in, in that area um, and it happened again in 2018 with my other ankle um from a priest who like was just praying about me um, and he came and found me out and was like, I just felt like I was called to like <clears throat> pray for this thing. And and he didn't even know like it was me. Right. And we prayed and I got better. Um, and uh, <clears throat> and probably the probably the best story of like these maybe more like physical healings um, that just express the power of prayer. Uh, our son, James, who he's in like the child watch right now, he's a kindergartner now. When he was born, he was born with a condition called Herb's palsy. And um, most people don't know what that is. What it is is it's like a birth injury usually, and it can be really bad. And sometimes it can be not so bad where, you know, your arm gets stuck um, like this and the nerves are injured. So a baby um, or person, they, they can't raise their arm like this. Sometimes they can maybe move their fingers and their wrists, um, but they definitely can't hardly move their elbow and they certainly can't move their shoulder um, at all. Uh, and James had this like a really bad case of herbs palsy. And I knew what it was because of my profession. Um, and he had it, you know, right when he was born. So <clears throat> he was born at like nine at night. Uh, and then when I like saw that he had it, uh, we were in like the nursery at St. Elizabeth's. I got nauseous because I knew what it was and it made me really sick. Um, and and the nurse had to take care of me and like leave leave my child because uh, I about passed out because I was I just like realized how bad of an injury it was. And so for two months, James, you know, he could barely maybe move his elbow. And you know, we were taking him to like St. Louis to see specialists and you know, I was treating him at home and Laura was treating him at home for therapy. We we're seeing some like local OTs and, um, you know, it was a bad it was a bad deal. Um, you know, and one of the specialists in St. Louis, they said, you know, 
the thing about James is, you know, whatever happens, whether he gets a surgery or whether he's re he gets, you know, rehab, like you're always going to notice, like you'll always know that something's wrong with his shoulder um, because of just the condition that he had. Um, <clears throat> and so what we did <clears throat> was when he was about, he was probably about two months old, we went to a retreat for um, that, uh, that apostolate I think I told you guys about last time, the, the missionaries of the Holy Spirit and the family. We had our first ever retreat. Uh, and so we just, we were in a holy hour, uh, or a holy, uh, a double dose. It was like two hours. Um, and, uh, and James was his two month old baby. And so we, we laid hands over him and we entrusted him to, to Jesus um, for two hours. Um, and we had other people that prayed for him. And what we did was we, um, we, what we did is, uh, we expressed a real desire, like a real one. Um, we, we tried to, um, honestly, like we knew the facts, um, but we didn't let it hamper the desire of our hearts. So in the prayer, it was like, God, like, we desire you to heal James's arm, like from the heart. And and that's what happened. <clears throat> that's what happened on August 6th, 2017. There's the Feast of the Transfiguration. Uh, and he's got blonde hair. So I always think of like transfigured hair um, from that. Um, and uh, yeah, the whole next week he could he could start to move his arm over. You know, he's two months old, so he's laying down, of course. But he was bending his elbow and <clears throat> raising his arm. And, you know, when he takes that right arm and he, like, punches his older brother because he's mad, you cannot tell, right, that he ever had Herb's palsy um, <clears throat> or any, like, whatever he does. Um, beautiful, um, beautiful. Now, like, that's a, that's a great story. Um, and that's, it was a, a physical miracle. There's no doubt about it. But the real power that came from the prayer was interior that gave me, and I'd say Laura, but I'll speak especially for me, it allowed me the opportunity of faith and hope to know that I can ask God anything. I can ask him for anything and I can bring him anything. And the power, the power I would say that was more miraculous was in here, that even then James's arm. Um, there's many more stories, right, of physical healings, emotional healings, right, spiritual healings. Um, we know we know people who have struggled having children, right, with infertility or secondary infertility. You know, those who that we've, you know, not only us. It's not like, hey, give us your prayers and you're, you know, gonna ex whatever. Like uh, all sorts of people praying on behalf of those who, um, you know, we went to the Holy Land in 2018 and offered like very specific intentions and. I think it was maybe three or four years after, maybe three years after that, maybe less than that. You know, all the people that we interceded for, they all ended up having children in one way or another. It's amazing, right? Um, just so many different opportunities to 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 see the effects of prayer in action. Um, I know, like I know, you know, in this group, like you have stories. And you've seen effects and, and maybe, you know, maybe you haven't seen like your newborn son suddenly be able to like use his right arm that he couldn't use something that's maybe grandiose. Um, but the stories that I'm sharing, like 
the goal is 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 hopefully to be able to um, let you know like there is a real power. There's a real there's a real weight and a real transformation that happens in prayer, and it's it's the best. Like it's the best. Uh, and it's it it's um it's what the catechism says. Right, <clears throat> this desire that's written in the human heart, because man's created by and for God, and God never ceases to draw man to Himself. Right? So He'll He never ceases. Like He never stops. He never, never, never stops. So why, I guess, in conclusion, um, why would we consider like the power of prayer? Right, because it's efficacious. <clears throat> Because it's efficacy and the power, it, it can be physical, uh, but uh, it's about the whole human person, right? It's about not only like the sign that you maybe see through a physical healing or, you know, through like something that happened, right? Um, but it's it's on the deepest level. It's relational. Um, it's again, like man's search for God. You could say that religion, in a sense, is man's search for God. Christianity is God's search for man. And that's why Christian prayer is different. That's why Christian prayer is so unique and why it's so powerful, uh, because we have the creator of the universe. Like, is it this upcoming Sunday, next Sunday? Like this Sunday, right? It's Christ King of the universe. Like we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ human and divine, like he's king of it all. He's king of all. And we can we can entrust ourselves to that. Um, and he calls us like he calls us in our humanity um, to, to be like the catechism uses, like divinize the fancy word, which just means like to be able to become all that we're supposed to be, that we were created for, to be made in a way that we can that we can be happy and we can be in heaven. Um, so. Um, like I said, we could go a long time talking about prayer, but we won't. We will stop there. Um, maybe we'll close in a short prayer. Uh, and then, yeah, if there are some questions anonymously or, you know, stories or anything you guys want to share, we can do that and we'll close it up. So, yeah, let's say a quick prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, you're so good. You are so good and deserving of all of our love. We just ask um, in, a, yeah, in a special way tonight that um, we'd be unafraid to ask you to give you the desires of our hearts, that we would um, yeah, be open to receiving the power that comes from, from praying to you, Lord, that we would continue to um, yeah, just give all the things that are, are bugging us or all the things that are uh, good in our lives, the things we might feel like, um, you know, are, are not good enough for you that we would, um, yeah, we would just, yeah, really give them to you like a little child. And I just ask in a, in a very special way that you would continue to protect all of us, everyone here, um, by our guardian angels and St. Michael and through the intercession of the saints. And we just want to offer up all this time uh, through our Blessed Mother, who um, who prays in our behalf and intercedes for us. And um, 
shows us uh, the beauty of prayer and the transformative power of prayer. As we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.